Well, praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody tonight. Now, you know, Pastor Jim did not warn me that you are a rowdy bunch. He didn't warn me about that. I'm going to have to have a talk with him when he gets back. Amen? A rowdy bunch. Let me tell you another thing, too. Most of you don't know me, but my name is Lon. And I always tell people, remember my name is like a lawnmower. You know, lawnmower is spelled L-A-W, right? N. It don't, the lawnmower don't stop. See, lawnmower keeps going. You see, that's who I am. Now, I'm going to tell you another thing, too. If you don't like what I say at the end of the service, I have my mom here. So if y'all be careful, because I'm going to sit my mom all five foot two over on you. Okay? <laughs> all five foot two over on you. So, but I need to share that because, you know, most of you don't know me. I see a lot of faces. And, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you one thing. I, I need to tell you a little, ba- a little background about myself. Um, I've been married to the same woman for almost 36 years. I don't see how she put up with me all those years. Uh, worked at uh, Alcoa as a shift supervisor for 35 years. And just started back to work back in April. But I'm going to tell you one thing. You know one thing? I don't have any degree behind me. I've got one year of college at the Citadel way a long time ago. One year. My freshman year. Haven't had any education. No theology training. I just know one thing, people. I'm going to tell you tonight. I love the Lord. And I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. You see? You follow the Holy Spirit, you can't go wrong. You see? And I have a heart for people. I have a heart for God. And I'm going to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ every opportunity God gives me to preach or to share, not just in the buildings here. I'm talking about when I walk out those doors. You see, you've got to share that love and that compassion that Jesus has for us. Share that to a lost and dying world. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Tonight, when you came in here, I hope and pray you came in expecting a blessing. You see, because you don't expect a blessing, you ought to get nothing. Amen? You see? Come expecting a blessing, not what I have to say, but what the Holy Spirit has to say to you through his scripture and through his word. You see, sometimes I, I get a little carried away and get a little excited. And I've kind of warned people in the front that sometimes I have a spitting section, so be careful, especially you guys up front here. But I'm not really that bad, I promise. But I'm here to worship and lift up Jesus Christ. And you know what? I thank Pastor Jim for the opportunity to be here. Uh, we've just been going for a short time. But I thank the Lord that he gave me this opportunity to preach. You see? Because people, I'll tell you one thing, I have a message to share. And that message is Jesus Christ. So, I just want to pray. We're just going to pray right now. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come before your presence tonight, we want to thank you for your presence, oh Lord. We just pray that the mighty power of the Holy Spirit will fill this place with your majesty, with your love, with your grace. And may, Lord, we just listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to us tonight. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, dear Lord, for saving a wretch like me. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that I can open up your word and share what you've laid upon my heart, because, Lord, I speak from my heart. Father, again, thank you for your presence. Thank you for these people. Lord, may we just be attuned to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My message tonight, I'm going to, I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. And we're going to be covering the first eight verses. We'll touch briefly on the first four verses. But I really want to get to the heart of the matter. And in the name of my sermon, I titled it this. Jesus, take the wheel. You've heard that song before, right? That's where this message came from. Jesus, take the wheel. 
You see, and as we go through these verses of Scripture, I just pray you'll listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to each one of us tonight. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Verse 5 says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. This is the main verse of Scripture I want to talk on right here. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. I'll tell you the story of Eric Lytle, who was a 1924 Olympian. Now, of course, we weren't quite, some of us were not born in those days. Some of you probably were. But here's an example of a runner who completed the 1924 Olympics. And I want you to listen to very carefully about this. He had a, a passion for God. Now, you see here, Pastor Jim talked a lot about passion for God. He had a passion for God, but he also had a passion for running. That was his passion. So, as he was, he had talk of him rising to great prominence. He was a great sprinter. The hope of the British Isles were, were riding on him because he was favored to win, you see. He was favored to win the 100-meter dash in the 1924 Olympics. But guess what? His qualifying heat was on a Sunday. And you see, this man, Eric Lytle, was passionate about his God. He was passionate about his running. But guess what? He withdrew from that heat because it was on a Sunday, and a Sunday was the Lord's Day. What a step of faith, amen? What a step of faith. He respectfully withdrew. He suffered a lot of criticism. His passion for running was the extension of his passion for God. But guess what? God rewarded him. You see, God allowed him to run in the 400-meter event. He won the gold, and he set a world record. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, you will not reach your God-given potential. You've got to be passionate about what direction God's leading in your life. You see? Passion. Passion. And here's what he did. After those years, he went into the mission field. And at 43 years old, he died of a brain tumor. He could have been gone to great prominence, you see. But you see, God had a different direction for his life. And he chose 
to follow the direction that God had for his life. Now you see, I'm just going to interject this. We, God has chosen a path for each one of us. We have a choice that we can do what God has called us to do or not called us to do. You see, God gives us a choice. God doesn't look for perfection, but he looks for passion. He looks for passion. So now as we go into scripture here, we're going to relate to how this relates to Isaiah. So in chapter 6 there, verse 1, let's get a little bit of background of what was going on during this period of scripture here. Isaiah was one of the greatest prophets. And Isaiah means the Lord is salvation. Now he was ministered in Jerusalem under four different kings. And he was bold in his witness. He would, he would proclaim the coming judgment. Now, you know, as you look at Judah and the period of time that was going on here, many people had turned away from God. They had a form of godliness, but their hearts were corrupt. Moral and spiritual decay was rampant. And I stop right there and I look at the world today, how the world is today, what's going on in our world today. If ever a time for us today to be bold in our witness for Jesus Christ, people, it is now. It isn't yesterday, people. It is now. You see, we live in a corrupt world. But we are the light. You see, Jesus Christ is the light, and that shines through our lives. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. That's what we're supposed to do. The first five chapters in Isaiah here had little success. Maybe Isaiah was about to give up. Can you relate to that? Sometimes in your Christian walk with the Lord, sometimes you're about ready to give up. You see? We all go through that period of time in our lives, don't we? We all have, we all go through those periods of time. But I want to tell you one thing. This scripture, as we get ready to go into it, I want to encourage you to keep on, keeping on, keeping on. Amen? You keep on, keeping on, keeping on. No matter what the world says, that's what you're supposed to do. You see? We're following the cross of Jesus Christ. In this first verse here, the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. In verse 1, few people had experienced what Isaiah had experienced in this vision. See, God gave Isaiah a vision for a reason. You see? And I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm going to say this right now. I believe many times today, God gives us a vision, and we don't see it. You see? But God gave this Isaiah a vision for a purpose. King Uzziah had died after 52, after 52 years. He died of leprosy. That during this vision here, Isaiah was unconscious of the outside world, but he saw what God had revealed to him. You see, God gave him this vision to Isaiah to encourage him. And I'm going to tell you one thing. We all need to be encouraged, don't we? We all need to be encouraged, you see? God gave him a vision to encourage him. You see, he looked back over the first five chapters, and it was a mess, you see? He was about ready to give up, throwing the towel. You see, God reaffirmed this, his calling, by giving him this vision. And very few people have experienced a vision that Isaiah experienced. You know, what an awesome thing to see this vision that God gave to Isaiah. 
Amen? What an awesome thing to see. He was in the presence of God. The train of his robe filled the temple. He saw the throne as high and lifted up. So you can just imagine seeing this in this vision, the power and the majesty and the glory of God. You see, he was in the presence of God. What a blessing it was for him to see that God had given this vision to him. You see? He was in the presence of God. He had to see God's holiness. And he saw and experienced that holiness. He had an encounter with Almighty God. As he saw this, I can just imagine how he felt in his heart, just seeing this vision of an almighty, an almighty God, the creator of the world, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He saw this vision. Can you just imagine if you had a vision that God had given to you, how you would feel? You see, he gave him this vision to encourage him. Above him were seraphs, these angel beings, angelic beings, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. Two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And in verse 3, it says, And they were calling one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Three times to show completion. You see? And they were singing and praising and worshiping the Lord God Almighty. To be in the presence of seeing this, seeing the power and the majesty of the Lord, seeing and witnessing this. And part of that last verse says that the earth is full of His glory. You know, God made a beautiful earth to enjoy, to see. You know, God made a beautiful place for us to go visit and to see. And He made it for us to enjoy, people. He made a, a, a beautiful earth for us. In verse 4, at the sound of the voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. The smoke refers to holiness, and then the shaking refers to his wrath. As we kind of look a little bit about this vision that Isaiah saw, I want you to just focus not so much on the vision, but I want you to focus on the other verses of Scripture here. You see? I want you to to realize the, the result of this vision that God gave to him, the result of this vision. Go on verse 5. Woe to me, I cried, for I am a ruined. Woe, grief, great distress. Woe. Woe is woe to me, I cried. Seventy-two times in Scripture that word woe appear. So you need to pay attention to it. It was a foreshadowing of God's wrath upon sinners. And guess what Isaiah began to do here? He began to look at his life. He began to look at his life. You know, he began to look in the mirror. And I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror, I don't like what I see. You see? Not the physical part, but the spiritual part. For you see, the Bible says, For I am a sinner, we're all sinners saved by grace. See, he looked in the mirror, began to see the kind of person he truly was. And, you know, that's a, that'll, that'll bring you to your knees, people. 
That'll take me to my knees when I look in the mirror and see the kind of person I really am. I thank God tonight for his mercy and grace. He began to look at his life. He was unclean. He was seeing what he was hearing. He realized his unworthiness. And he realized that his unworthiness demanded judgment. He said he even realized in verse, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You see, God was preparing him. God was preparing him for a cleansing and commission. In verse 6 and 7, it says, Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. This, this hot coal purified him. It cleansed him. His sin was taken away from him. Sometimes repentance is painful. But we have to be cleansed. We have to be cleansed in order for God to use us. As he was cleansed, he asked for forgiveness. He confessed his sin. And you realize that guilt will actually sap our strength. And when we have that guilt in our lives, it'll take our joy. It'll take our peace away from us. You see, it'll do that to us. Now, verse 8, this is the main part of my scripture I want to focus on. Verse 8. Then I heard. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. The word heard. Do you realize, I believe with all my heart, God's speaking to us today many, many, many times. And you know what? We are too busy doing our own thing that we can't hear God speaking to us. Amen? You see, we're doing our own thing. We're living our lives and going right along. But God is speaking to us today many ways. But we have got to stop. And we've got to pay attention to what direction God leading us. We've got to listen, people. We've got to listen. How can you hear this, the Holy Spirit speaking to you if you're not listening? You see, how can you hear God speaking to you if you're not listening? Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go with us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. If you notice that verse 8 there, this is not a question. I mean, it was not a command. It was a question. You see, Isaiah had a choice to either follow the Lord or not follow the Lord. You see, it applies to us today. You see, the scripture says, Here am I, send me. We're more, more clearly, he saw God here. He had complete trust. And he had to realize his inadequacies and his powerlessness, you see. He realized that he couldn't do nothing without God. He realized that if he wanted God to use him, he just had to surrender himself totally to God, you see. God renewed the call. He encouraged him. Isaiah would go, and he re- would leave the results to God. Now, you see, if you, look in, if you go a little further in this verse of Scripture... When Isaiah came out and actually told what God had told him to say, it was pretty harsh words. You need to go look at those verses of Scripture. You need to go look at this. But the point of this, this message tonight is, Lord, 
here am I, send me. How many times has God asked us to do something in our lives and we haven't done it? How many times the Lord, you know, we, we have missed a blessing by not allowing God to use us. We're missing a blessing for our own self, but also you're missing a blessing to be a blessing to somebody else. Amen? You see, you're missing a blessing if you're not following what God is telling you to do. And I think as Christians, we need to make sure our motto should be, Lord, here am I, send me. And all my inadequacies, all my failures, all my mistakes. You see, he just wants a willing vessel that is totally sold out to surrender to him. That's what he wants from us. Amen? He wants us to surrender to him. I'm going to tell you, I know Pastor Jim, he loves using the acronyms. And the question I ask you tonight is, what is your response to God tonight? What is your response to God in this scripture here? Here am I, send me. And I'm going to tell you, I want to share something with you. I want to do the life applications. I love doing this. Because you can take this scripture here, and if you don't apply it to your life, you're not going to get nothing from it. You see, you've got to take this verse of scripture, apply it to your life, and see what God's going to do. I use the word drop. This is how God laid this upon my heart to do. The word drop. The first of all, D, stands for depend. You see, we cannot do anything on our own. We have got to totally, listen to me, we have to totally depend upon him. There is no ifs, no buts, no babies, no maybes, no stipulations. And let me tell you one thing. In order to depend upon him, listen to this very carefully. We got to get self out of the way. Does anybody have a problem with that? Because sometimes I do. We got to get self out of our way, you see, and let God use us. You see, we have to depend upon him because a lot of things I can't do. And he wants us to depend upon him. I'll tell you, when I was a, a supervisor at a plant for all those years, I lost my job, and my life kind of went through a change. And in my life, see, I've I'm, I'm always been the kind of a person that loves to have control. And you see, when that happened, you see, I had no control. And God showed me that I have to depend upon him totally for everything. Finances, for everything, people. And that's what God wants to do. He wants us to get to the point that we can just totally depend upon him for every need we have, for every situation that we face. And he is able, people. And Scripture says throughout Scripture, there is nothing too hard for God. Amen? There is absolutely nothing too hard for God. Nothing. It's like driving a car. The title of the message with Jesus take the wheel, you see? we got to let God take full control of our lives and just surrender to him and say, Lord, here am I, send me. You know, I've often seen the, the, the tags on vehicles that say, God is my co-pilot. You see? I'm going to have a problem with that, that, that saying right there because, see, I don't want God to be my co-pilot. I want God to be my pilot. Amen? I want God to have full control of my life and, and use me however he deemed necessary. And I'll tell you one thing. If God is your co-pilot, I'm going to tell you, I want to encourage you to switch seats. Let God take control. Amen? Let God take control of your life. Let God take control. Letter R. Report. You see, he wants us just to report for duty. We're in the Lord's army, people. We're in God's army. He wants us to report to him. And I'm going to tell you one thing. We may have this, this thing, a lot of us may think we're old. We have some kind of a disability or some kind of issue. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share a story with you right now 
that we had a, a preacher live with us that was 40 years old and got saved. And I'm going to tell you one thing. I saw God when he surrendered to the ministry. God used him in a very powerful way. A totally blind man, you see? And he's told the Lord, Lord, here am I. Send me. And you see, God used that man to touch so many people's lives. And if he can use a blind man, he can use anybody. If he can use me, he can use you. But you see, it boils down to you just got to be willing to let God have the wheel, take control of your life. John 3.30 says, he must increase, I must decrease. You see, listen to this very carefully. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. You see, he wants us just to totally surrender our lives to him and let him take full control. The word O, the letter O stands for obey. Follow his orders. Do what we're told to do. No one is insignificant in God's service. You see, no one is insignificant in God's service. God is in control. And the letter P of the word drop, passion. As Eric Lotto had passion for his running, and he had passion for his God, God wants us to have the same kind of, compassion, the same kind of passion to do whatever direction God has led us. You see? You stand firm. You stand bold. And I'll tell you one thing. We don't have so much of a passion that we all have the fire in our bones, you see, to, to let the love and the mercy and the grace of God Almighty flow right through our lives, people. You see, people ought to see it in our lives. They ought to see it in our actions. They ought to see it in our, our countenance. You see, when we come to church, they need to see it everywhere we go, not just in church, everywhere, people. See, God wants us to have that passion, that fire. Let God's love flow right through us. And I'm going to tell you one thing. I picture, after I looked at this word drop, we depend upon God. Report, obey, and passion. I picture Isaiah. I just picture Isaiah whenever he told the Lord, here am I, send me. I picture Isaiah Isaiah falling down to his knees and crying out to God, people. And that's what I think God wants us to do, to drop to our knees and cry out to God and raise our hands lifted high and say, Lord, just like I am, here am I, send me. You see, let God use you however he wants to use you, but you just got to be the willing vessel. You got to turn control of your life over to him. Let him use you how he deems necessary. He knows better than you and I do. He wants us, he does not want us to show up in an advisory capacity. He just wants us to show up. And I promise you, if you will do this scripture, verse 8, Lord, here am I, send me, it'll make a difference in your life. You see? It'll make a difference in your life. If you just tell God, get serious with God. Get serious with Him. Tell Him, that's what you want. My grace is I for God to use me. It might be in a small thing, maybe in a big thing, but just whatever I do, do it with passion. And let the love of God flow through me. And that's what God desires of each one of us, you see? Just to be used by the hand of God. And you know, it's a humbling thing that God could even use me for anything. It's a humbling thing that God can use me, amen? It's a humbling thing that God will use you. If you just let Him do it. Quit trying to take control. Let Him take control. Let Him have the will of your life. And I promise you, it'll be a changed life. 
If you just surrender to him and quit trying to run things yourself, let God take control. And you watch and see how God will bless you and how God will, you will bless people by being a blessing to others. Amen? I'm going to say, I want every, I want every head bowed and I close.